de, de, de Colores Radio. De, de Colores Radio. Hello, hola, ¿cómo están todos? Welcome to De Colores Radio, episode 16. As always, <laughs> we appreciate you all listening. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and with me is my homie, the one and only, Ralph Tamayo. Ralph Tamayo. Ralph Tamayo, um, hello, how are you doing? You know, I'm actually doing great. I'm fantastic. I'm on cloud nine. Get I'm out. Nine. I'm like, you're you're not okay. What's wrong? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Okay. I'm good. Okay, you're How actually you, doing Emma? well. I am. How are you doing? <laughs> it's been a while since we recorded, yeah. but I actually don't feel like a garbage can. So that is also cool. Hey, we're on the up and up here. We're on the up and up. <laughs> we are not trash cans. We are now floating bags. Recycle, recycle bins. bins. Look yeah, at that recycling Here us. We go. Well, yeah. it's been an interesting and busy last few weeks, of course. But before we jump into that, I have to ask you something. All right, I think I'm ready. But I need you to listen, mad close. All and right. I ask you something really private. Something to give our listeners an insight into your personal energy, into how we are feeling right now. All right. What are those? Into the reality of our existence. I felt like I had to burp, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> Let it out. That's Let it out. I can't. It's just stuck. That's right. We're translating Dang. our feelings, Jesus Christ, <laughs> in the best way we know how. Memes. It's time for meme mood. Let's hear it. I got it. <laughs> what is it? What the fuck? <laughs> That's all you say. I got it. Well, no, I um, I feel so. I don't know. I we talked about this, Eva, but I don't know if Pat has seen it. Um, yes. The meme of uh, someone posted and says, "Have you ever heard what a light-skinned lion sounds oh like Jesus, when he roars?" Oh Jesus, this is problematic. It is. <laughs> um, you can't, haven't heard? Can't, okay. Can't say I have. Okay, can't so I'm gonna. I'm going to play it for you real quick. I'm mad that I knew this. Yeah, so. You feeling like a light-skinned lion? I'm just, just <laughs> not so much that part, but just the, the his it's roar. It's okay, you could like, be a light-skinned lion. I'm connecting with his roar. You could be, you're a little bit so light-skinned. he's about to roar right now. <laughs> what the hell? He's really laughing now. <laughs> it's a classic, it's a classic though. He can sing though. Go ahead, light skin lion. That is Rafael. Get out. <laughs> so that's me. Rafael's me mood. So he's feeling like a light skin lion. Yeah. Take with it what you might. Yeah. Um, I, on the other hand, um, I'm feeling something very visual obviously that's what memes are but it's this little video of a bit somebody's bitmoji going hard oh yes hard to the classics yes so my meme mood for the week is this video that is recently surfaced on the web uh-huh 
of a cute little bitch emoji. Ah, yes. And it has a <laughs> cute little guy in a tracksuit, <laughs> and he is working it out, okay? He's getting so clunk to this classic. Yes. <laughs> okay, but he's, like, so into it, and he's orchestrating this classic, classic hip-hop banger. Yeah. To shake he it out, like man. He looks like Trap Ralphie. He is trying to <laughs> shut the fuck up. It's literally you. I didn't even Trap think Ralphie. of that. It's wearing a little Adidas it's suit. Trap but Ralphie. it's basically Trap Ralphie. If you haven't <laughs> met Trap him, I, I recommend you attend a Fata DJ's event. Um, yeah, it'd be fun. It would be so fun. <laughs> um, that is my me mood. We are nearing the end of the year. This crazy, horrible beautiful strange fucking year is finally getting closer to an end how exciting it actually is exciting i feel like 2018 is gonna be better i like oh yeah i mean feel it's it like impeachments in the air I feel like, like, it's like be a new me look at you so. new year new me hunty yeah it's called culture honey <laughs> look it up look it up <laughs> you'll say that way too often it's honestly so important and it applies to everything okay yeah. it's called culture honey look it up <laughs> So, we are going to jump into the juice. All right, so we're wrapping up the end of the year, which is exciting. We have uh, Buenas con de Coco happening super soon. We hope to see you there December 13th at the Oakland Cultural Center. And some other fun events planned for next year. So, I hope you all are ready to start and end the year strong with us. But now, we can officially jump into... El jugo, the juice. There is always so much happening. We say it every time. It never calms down. Never. Um, there's like forest fires happening in California. Not forest fires, just fires. Forest fires. Wildfires. Wildfires. That's I the word. I thought Michael Bay was shooting something. Get out of here. That's what it looks but like. But you saw that it's drive. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I like someone's comment that was like driving into 2017, like, and I was like, that's true. Like, that's Same. how 2017 but then felt. I think of that g- you know he animals. probably did. You know all the animals trying That's to leave too. Mm. Okay, let's. This is starting very sad. I actually wasn't trying to get there. Um, there are some Christ Yahweh. Oh, sorry. Kleenex. Um, there are lots of crises happening in the world always. Um, I know or I hope you've heard about the slaves in Libya. That is finally getting some light and some press coverage. That's really fucked up situation. And the fact that we still have this going on in 2017 is abysmal. It's terrifying and horrible. Um, So if you don't know more about that, look into that. Uh, There's also another crisis. There's obviously ones we don't even recognize, but Honduras is going through a huge, I guess, revolt right now, which is really necessary. I don't know if you all remember um, in our episode with Erika Chilome, she uh, touched on Berta Caceres a little bit and discussed some of the really crooked government there. Basically, what's happening now is there was an election and the government doesn't want to give up their spot, essentially, and they're not releasing who won this election so 
the powers and the people and they're taking over the streets and the government is horrible and not to be trusted and are harming their own people because they care more about their power and themselves. So if you don't know about these situations, I recommend you look them up or support the people that are fighting this fight. Um, not to mention, we have a lot of issues here at home, and America should stop getting involved in everybody else's issues when we can't even face our own shit. Um, but in our place of privilege, we should help what we can, obviously. But we have issues like net neutrality, like the most privileged issue ever, which is like, hey, fucking protect the internet, which is created to be a free surfing space. Uh, I did a... I did a project over net neutrality in college, and it was, like, not that hard to comprehend. Yeah. Um, literally, it is what it says, which is net neutrality. Like, just let it be neutral. It's for the people. That's why it was created, and it was created to be free. And basically, the GOP, the Republicans, are trying to start charging and make profit out of it because they just want to make profit off of us in every way possible so we have to basically fight to keep it neutral like the people that created the internet meant for it to be um it's really stupid that this fight is back up ted cruz was the which, ugh, ted cruz was a big head in that when it resurfaced a few years ago and i thought we had enough shit on our plates but this issue came back up again this year um Rafa, do you have feelings on net neutrality? Uh, it's just, it's disgusting <laughs> to it's see. It, you know, what, what What more can be taken away? It's like, what more are y'all trying to take away, make money off the people, make these divides even larger, create more of a disconnect? Right. It's just disgusting. I'm, Everything's I'm exhausting. Yeah. yeah. It really is. Um. And we really just have to keep fighting everything, which is also <coughs> very frustrating, but we got to do it. Interesting news came out was the Times Person of the Year. I know we heard Trump's stupid little, <laughs> I, I know y'all were going to give it to me, but yeah. I, I declined it. Shut up. Nobody was talking to you. We ain't. We hear enough about you. Move on. Uh, I, I was kind of hoping <laughs> it would be Kaepernick. I think a lot of people were hoping. Um, luckily he's winning lots of other awards in other places with Beyonce giving him awards, which is like everything you could dream of. Pretty much, yeah. But times people, people of the year, I guess, were some of the women that spoke up and men who spoke up against sexual assault, which I think was a really smart move. Yeah. Um, I don't like that it's being referred to as a hot button or hot topic. Yeah. Because it's something that's been happening for so long to everyone yeah. throughout the world, everywhere, predominantly women, obviously. Um, I also, this is my side rant, Taylor Swift's bitch ass should not be on there. Yes, she did face a form of sexual assault. I agree, and that is valid. But this bitch only speaks for herself and only yeah. victimizes herself when there are other people that should have been on there. Terry Crews could have been on there. Terry Crews is feeling is getting nothing but backlash now, especially as a masculine black male yeah. who spoke up against something so big that typically isn't spoken on. Like anybody else could have been on there. Why'd y'all put fucking Taylor? Like why does yeah. she always have to be in everything? It's so irritating. 
But I think it was really powerful for them to do that because it finally feels like we're maybe going to listen to fucking victims. Maybe, or at least we're validating them in some way, which is really important in this fucking country. And in the world, because we hold that power and that influence. Yeah, and to think that in a, in a place where we try to pride ourselves in, in you know, a, a country built on, on the liberties and the freedoms and, and... Equality. Yeah, and you look at it and it's like, well, no. Not at all. Let's like, face our shit. We, we, we have so much going on behind the scenes and so much is swept under the rug. Like, we want to sit there and, and raise our voices at what's unfair happening, you know, on the other side of the globe, but... We, we got all this shit at home. Yeah. Got a whole lot to clean up here. Ooh, no kidding. So, wise move, I would say, on the Times Person of the Year. I know it was a black woman that created the Me Too campaign movement. Um, so, definitely they should recognize that a little more than they did. Um, because, you know, black women do a lot and are often unrecognized. Um, so, so, props to Times for that in other in local news rather local news local news <laughs> um apparently the Dallas County Sheriff Miss Lupe, Lupe Valdez <laughs> is running for governor in theory this would be amazing right a latina woman first openly gay sheriff First openly gay shirt. Like, that ideally sounds pretty cool. Um, sheriff, a complicated situation for lots of people of color. You know, histories mm -hmm. with police officers. But I don't know. I don't know. I feel a little nervous about this. I obviously don't want Greg Abbott to be governor anymore. But I also feel like... Are you qualified for this? Are we just tired? Do you just want to see a Democrat? Is this a good thing? I feel weird about it. I didn't really feel things because in theory, like a Latina lesbian woman being yeah. governor sounds cool, but I don't know and so you, if I mean, that's going to happen. I'm like thinking about it. Yeah, I had, you know, mixed emotions over it, but at the same time, I'm thinking, well, if, if not a Lupe Valdez, then who? Right. And so I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's tough. You don't, it, it's tough with what we have going on already, but, and then, uh, you know, Lupe Valdez went, went through some stuff where, you know, the public didn't really agree with her on some things. Like? Um, well, there, I want to say it wasn't like an actual suit, like a, like a lawsuit. Yeah. Or something was filed against some of the practices because of, you know, the ICE like agents controversy. Stuff. Like, well, just the way that ICE agents were being allowed to do what they needed the to do. The old girl was allowing ICE to be right I'm in when not, she's I'm Latina and should be looking out for no, us. I'm yeah, not that's saying shady. Anything. I'm just I'll say it. So. Yeah, that's sketchy. So, like, a Latina woman, we expect you to look out for your community. So, let's try doing yeah, that. I mean, okay? it's like one of those things when, when we talk about, you know, what the perception was with, you know, our, our previous president. And, you know, we failed to really look at some of the numbers. And it's like, well, this Deporter person deported. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Complicated situations. Politics 
everybody's trash, really, but, like, we have to, I don't know. I hate that we even have to go, like, vote for the lesser of two evils or whatever. Like, that's such a horrible way of thinking yeah. on how to run a country, and that's what we've got, like, become. Um, so I still have mixed feelings about this. It's weird, but I obviously don't want Greg Abbott there. I don't know. Good luck, Lupe Valdez. I guess we'll see what happens uh, in your journey. Now, in more exciting news, we're of course, I've been saying we're trying to keep it light as the end of the year nears, and we've heard enough forest fires. In lighter news, the Grammy nominations came out. Did you peep these? Um, I think I did. Who Who has the leading... I I was I just I'm sorry. It, just say it. No, remind me because I don't know. Um, 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 um. His name is Hotazi. <laughs> Sean Carter was eight pounds. He was a heavy ass baby. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I'm like, damn, mom. Um. Anyways, Jay Z leads the nominations for yes, the sixtieth Grammys. <laughs> I'm gonna be real. I really think they were being nice to him because they know his wife fucking runs the music industry and they owe okay. her for all that shit they fucking didn't give her the last year. But that's my personal. Did the one get the most like, like SZA, or? SZA did get SZA, the most yeah. nominations. Yes, but I still think that they like were being overly nice to Jay Z, and that's because I liked 444. Um. My boy Kendrick got the second most with Damn. And I'm just very proud of him. Um, I mean, yeah, he I, scored I am too seven. If you're not first, you're, you're last. Then, then shut the yeah. fuck up. <laughs> Bruno Mars got a bunch. Childish Gambino, shout out to him, got some. SZA took off with some. Khalid, no ID. Um, it's so <coughs> interesting to see that the Grammys have become all, like, rap, hip-hop, R&B focused again. Because, like, I think the last time was in the 90s. But, like, for me, it really was never this. Because yeah. I was, I mean, as a child, I guess it was. But it's different now, and it shows you how far we've come. And I think this is the way the Grammys are going to go now. Because they know, they know that's what's in. Um... And so yeah. as, like, much as you want to give power to these award shows, like, we can't give them all the power because it's ultimately still, like, making money, and that's what they're interested in. That's why Frank Ocean did not even apply, I guess, basically last year because he was like, why? This is just another institution that's not made for us or doesn't yeah. support us. And I was like, yo, I fucked with you. Because that's really what these all of these award shows are. They're obviously still very interesting, though. Um so that'll be really exciting to see some of our who you gots and our faves were nominated for lots of things. Um, so congratulations to lots of our favorite artists. Um, let's see. I really like. I feel like my boy's gonna take, take a take quite a few. I mean, it'd be although cool. did it'd you be see cool. that video of the Fox News anchor trying to dissect it? And I was like, you're literally. <laughs> no, I didn't. Ugh. It, oh, man, I'm going to have to and find And I'm like, y'all are brave using, like, they use not just Jay-Z clips. They also use Kendrick's, obviously. But I was like, Kendrick literally used y'all's bullshit on his fucking yeah. album. Like, are you not yeah. getting the hint, motherfuckers? Like, that is the, that is where the album, like, goes from, like, whoa to, like, fuck. 
like that track so it was just really interesting because they're like trying to critique his album and be like he says this word a lot and how come he curses oh this is appalling and i'm like literally an entire track is dedicated to fucking trolling y'all because y'all are pieces of shit like you're not getting that did you hear that okay never mind um so i thought that was really really funny but exciting exciting stuff and more jc and beyonce news we should have a whole segment for them um did you see that they took some pics in a damn elevator for his birthday i didn't see him but i heard about them they're pee funny i was expecting a little more i guess you know the headlines hype it up a little bit but it was pretty fucking funny just to see that they did that they are very brilliant in their marketing i tell you like they were leaving a movie and like the paparazzi actually thought that they're gonna take it oh it wasn't real like uh, yeah i saw the whole like video of it there's a video out and it's just like oh beyonce jay-z and they're like stopping and like jay-z holds the elevator and he's like okay come on take some pictures and mm. paparazzi takes them. I thought they did it on purpose. I would have liked it more if it was like a planned oh, shoot. Yeah. Of That's being what I was like, like it was kind of weird because I was like, I never would have thought that they'd it could be still like be staged even if they yeah, have a paparazzi. It, it was just kind of funny because I never would have thought that they'd actually agree to taking pictures of the paparazzi and stuff. I mean, that's what makes it so much more fun, though. That was funny. I still want to know. I mean, I know it was probably like now we kind of know, right? That it was like, I think like Jay Z fucked up, yeah. probably cheated, got caught again, or was fucking around something at the Met Gala, and then Solange was like, "I'm tired of your shit," and went off on him. And I appreciate Solange. I am Team Solange in that scenario. And Beyonce is just—they're just—they're brilliant. They are brilliant people to even. Like, they took that whole situation, and I'm literally spinning a fidget spinner, so I'm so sorry y'all just heard that. Um, I don't know. I just think it's really fascinating how they take everything and make it whatever the fuck they want it to be. Nobody has anything for that. All right. So. I mean, of <coughs> course, sometimes shit goes down when there's Stop. a billion dollars. On an elevator. Yeah. Okay. I think I sounded like her. So. I thought that was Beyonce spot was in on. here. I think that's why I said quiet. I was like, wait, is she here? She was here. I felt her. Um, finally, <coughs> in very exciting-ish oh. news, um, so Coco, is it at number one? It, it it beat out whoever it was competing with Thanksgiving weekend, I know for sure. Uh, my God, you hear the typing. We're, like, not doing our research on time. Um, but the movie Coco, we all saw it. It is a Mexican Disney film. Coco and Injustice League. It's definitely being um, discussed as Lat- Latinx film, Latino film, but... Shout out to Winston. He was like, nah, let's don't get it twisted. That shit's mad Mexican. I was like, okay. That's true. I feel you. I appreciate all the critiques. Let us not forget that critiques are okay, folks. We can still like things (coughs) and critique them because everything deserves to be critiqued. Rafa actually just saw it today. So I want to hear your fresh take because it's been a couple weeks for me. So like. Ooh. I was actually nervous. I forgot that you were going to ask me what I thought of it. Oh, um, my God. You're scaring me now. Well, no. I I couldn't stand it. Shut up. No, like, for real. I, I cannot stand that film. How do you like that, Chloe? 
Oh, I like the Frozen shirt. Yeah, I was a big fan of Frozen. Shut I wasn't the sure fuck why. up, Rafael. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was, um, Coco was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, like, you know, my bitch ass, I went all critical. I was like, I'm going to analyze the shit out of this. And, like, I analyzed the, the fucking thing prior to the film, which was Frozen, let's let the white people feel which better. Because they have to watch a Mexican film for two hours. <laughs> I literally said that. I was like, this is about, like, them not being able to find a culture, a tradition. What? Like, what? Like, this is well, weird. I feel like I'm being, like, colonized again right now. The funny thing about it is is I was seeing all of, you know, friends and family and just people on online, on the line. On the web. Yeah, saying that why is this short, you know, being presented before Coco and it's terrible and it's, oh, it's not even any good. And I was like, man, I was like. I actually liked Frozen, and I was like, I wish they would have done something a little more like Olaf focused. I like Olaf. Was Olaf. I and this was Olaf. It wasn't Olaf enough. It wasn't Olaf enough, but it was more Olaf it than Frozen was. was. I guess so. So I mean, I didn't Ugh. hate it. I Why didn't hate are you it. like this? Why can't you what? disagree? I, it's not that. It, you, okay, you, it felt you overdone to, though. It, it felt did. like we I needed didn't to. It, we needed to did, cake this no, up. No, I went before in there the expecting to see Olaf lead like a white supremacist <laughs> army Bruh. into like a brown town and shut like kill the everyone. Fu- the way it sounded, people okay, were listen. like talking mad shit. And okay, I was like, shut the fuck up. That actually sounds kind of like interesting <laughs> though. But this is the thing. Like when I go to a Pixar film, I expect to see some cute short that changes my life. Like five minutes, and then yeah. it's clean, it's sweet. The grandpas on a bug's life, I love those hoes. Like yeah. they're so cute. They just well, play the little chess. Yes, yeah, like I fucked with that. Like it's cute, it's funny. We move on. We get <coughs> to the movie. I, I do not time manage very well. If you know me very like at all, mm-hmm. I get there. I'll be there. If I say I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna be there. I don't yeah. know when, but I'm gonna be there. Yeah. Movie starts one twenty. Your girl showed up at one thirty five. And I was like, ooh, I, I hope they... That's why it was so long. They knew Mexicans was going to show I, up That's late. what I was saying, right? I, like, I think they did that for me because I got there late and I still caught fucking 10 minutes of the Frozen thing. Well, I didn't the, know about the Frozen thing, though. However long it was, those minutes like flew by for me. Oh, fuck off. I didn't <laughs> know the Frozen thing was a thing until I was sitting there and I was like, what is... Oh, Frozen? Okay. And I was yeah. like, this is so white that I know they just had to make them feel okay it was very white it was so white <laughs> literally i got there and she's like elsa we don't have any traditions oh my god and i was like yeah. what the hell are we watching we're watching an entire film about tradition in the next two hours and you can't find a tradition yeah and so i was like okay whatever so i felt personally attacked and so then i just sat there and it wasn't over i was like hannah my niece i was like is it for real we're still here they have not found his snowy ass yet like damn and then finally it ended. I was like, okay, thank you. I got here late and I still caught most of this shit. Like, yeah. y'all need some Pixar, really? Yeah. So it was kind of hysterical that apparently apparently they removed the short and now yeah. I want to go watch it again because <laughs> I want to support well, it. I'm going to go. I'm going to watch. That. I am going to watch it again. I'm going to I'm gonna go with my mother and I'm going to watch Espanol? the Spanish dub. Yeah. Damn, that shit Espanol. will probably stab me right in El yeah. Corazon. So, I mean, you look at my, my eyes are still red. <laughs> so still you loved red. it. It was yeah. hard not to love. Uh, it was difficult not to love um, because because I, there's so things I, was, I didn't like and I, was I felt uncomfortable by and I was like, damn, it's hard. It's hard this not to really love. Yeah, the so. music's catchy. Yeah. It's cute. You got your funny. Ding, 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 ding. 
Bing, 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 bing. Um, what was your favorite part? Tell us more. How you feel? Because um, I feel a lot of things, but I kind of forgot my feelings because it's been about two weeks since I saw it. Well, um, when Miguel and I'm I'm terrible with names. Spoiler alert! Spoiler, Spoiler alert! alert. He, there's a moment in the film where he says uh, that family's what matters most. Family's mm. the most important thing. And so I couldn't hold it in. I was just sitting there. How many times did you cry? Because um, I like thought I was tough and then I lost it. Well, yeah, I wanted to cry. So I didn't cry at all. Not one tear because uh, I'm a man and men don't men cry. Men don't cry. We're not allowed to legally. <laughs> it was like eight or eight or nine times I was like, <laughs> It was so, like, it, yeah, it like those motherfuckers, they like took our heart and twisted the knife and like, yeah, they were going for it. It was, it was fun though. I, I think there's things to be criticized. There are a lot of stereotypical things that were kind of annoying um, or I can see how that could be annoying. Um, but I think for it being a Disney film, the way I look at it is a Disney film for kids to look up to or see a reflection of themselves. Yeah. It killed it. It yeah. did. Cause I would have killed yeah, for that for shit sure. as a child. Yeah. I would have. Cause especially when you're like doing these traditions, you might not understand. And like, maybe it doesn't, um, grasp that concept fully the way it should have or could have to yeah. some people i think it still was very powerful and well and it sparks interest too because like as even as you know my nephews who will be second generation mm-hmm. and trying to understand you know the importance of culture and, and where we come from like there was some of those things that i had to revisit i was like oh snap that's right mm-hmm. you know and so I feel like it'll be really cool to see. Or even like the flower, like yeah, I didn't the know that. Yeah, the all that stuff. Yeah. It's like really cool to, it's like, oh, that's right. All these things are a part of this. And so it'll be really cool to see like my nephews grow up or, or just, you know, the younger generation really look at it and be like, oh, what's this about? And see where their curiosity leads them to kind of delve into their own background and their own Identity. family traditions mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's really cool that, with the platform that Disney has, that they were able to do something and craft it in a way that was, you know, of, of the highest quality possible and still be able to touch the heart of, like, a culture that is overlooked way too much. Right, and it felt like it was actually by Latinos for Latinos, yeah. which, like, ultimately Disney trying to copyright the other Muertos was fucking stupid, and I'm still offended, but they did well with Coco. <laughs> They did well. Coco. And even the name of Coco, I was like so sad. Because yeah. I was like, it wasn't hitting me like, what is this about? Or like, I didn't connect <sighs> it. And then I was like, <sighs> I won't give that many spoilers, but it is very beautiful. Spoiler alert. I do, I do recommend it. Uh, ultimately, I think, I think. I mean, it's not bad. If you, if you want to wait or catch the bootleg. I mean, <laughs> that's what I told Rafa. I said, Rafa, you have to watch it before we record. I know, like, when you texted me this morning, and I was like, oh, snap, I got to find some time. And so I was like, go get the bootleg from Caesar's Tacos. Bro. That's where they used to sell them. I don't know if they still do that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Coco was great, and I believe that is all we have for the juice. Next, we will interview a a popular Dallas name, I would say. Yeah. A one Hadi Mowagdi. He works for KERA. We are now welcoming Hadi Mowagdi. So I'm gonna give a little intro into our into our friend's life. 
you probably already know him. He's kind of a big deal. It, he's kind of a big deal. Hot if you don't know him, you've deal. heard him or you've heard Not of me. him. Not he's me. shaking his head. He's being Plus very blessing. humble. But he's amazing. So I'm going to give a quick intro. Hadi Mawagdi is an arts reporter and digital editor for KRA's Art and Seek. Hadi came to KRA from Austin, where he worked on the national daily news show of Texas, Texas Standard. I had to say it like that. <laughs> At the Standard, Hadi crafted stories and segments about the topics and headlines that mattered most to Texans. Prior to his work on the Standard, Hadi lived and worked in Durham, Cal- North Carolina. Jesus, all these places have those sounds I have to make. Uh, where he worked as a producer <laughs> at North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. At WUNC, he was able to work on the statewide news program, The State of Things. Hadi's journalistic career began during college as an intern and freelance reporter at NPR affiliate KUT 90.5 FM Austin. Hadi was born and raised in Central Texas and attended college at Texas State University. And Hadi is obsessed with pop culture, music, photography, and art. Please welcome to the Colores Radio the incredibly important and talented person and our friend, Hadi Mawagdi. Hey, Yay! what's up? What's up? What's going on, Decolores Radio? Uh, look at you with the accent. Go ahead, Go you ahead. might be better than me at saying it. <laughs> Dang. It took me like a full morning of Did you? You that. were just in the mirror <laughs> looking? Yeah, and then when I did back to your piece. I'm like, I'm so extra. I'm just, I mean, so like, I mean, we like extra, though. I was though. like, I'm like, mm. Stop! Yeah, he was working it. I was like, I was like, I was like, get that work, boy. Get that work. You did the little shoulder lift yeah. and everything for that. Yeah. So, Hadi, uh, we were joking about something he did for <coughs> us, which you've probably seen maybe i mean you know it was a huge honor he actually uh, did a little piece over us for art and seek and so we were really humbled by that and um i have received a lot of feedback from that so we really appreciate it and then it was on the texas standard so i had like my fourth grade teacher uh, messaging me on facebook and she's like i just saw that you, or i just heard you on npr and i was like what the hell am i doing on npr right now again <laughs> how didn't prepare me for this and i think rafa got a message as yeah, well yeah i got a message shout out to laura i hope you're well yeah. san, san antonio family coming yeah. through yeah so all of texas heard about the colores radio yeah, thanks to our dear friend hottie it was my pleasure to tell a little bit of your story oh my and goodness to let people know about this voice that exists I wasn't nervous when I was like doing Jay Z impersonations before this. And now yeah, like, and now you're nervous. <laughs> Are you? Hey, we're gonna play some of the Jay Z impersonations. We're for gonna y'all. let y'all hear See this, this alternate got hottie some side. He's like, secretly Jay Z. It's like, there's so many Latinos you listen to this, they're gonna be like, Stop. get that coconut off your shelves. <laughs> I am over you. <laughs> so we have to end the interview now. He just That's calls it. himself a we're coconut. Done with Jesus <laughs> Christ. So, we'll start at a more um, pleasant beginning. Okay. Um, we heard, obviously, that you're from Central Texas. Can you tell us a little more about your childhood? 
that was yeah my childhood. Well, I'll just I'll start by telling you where I grew up. Let's and do I'll it. Just Let's hear it. Run through my family. So um, I grew up in Central San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the last of five kids. Wow, um, baby, I'm a baby. Baby, but I'm the youngest <laughs> by eleven years. I think nope, not eleven, okay. but <laughs> I am the baby. Hey, baby. <laughs> um, and so I have three brothers and one sister, and my mom was a single mother for most of her life. So. Um, most of her parenting career. Right. Um, career. <laughs> she did good. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so, um, grew up in San Antonio. Uh, I won't, yeah. And then um, by the time I got to high school, my family moved to a town called Lytle, Texas. It's about 45 minutes south of San Antonio. Lytle. Yeah. So I went Shout out to Lytle. Yeah. Hey, that's where Do I we have any listeners is. there? I have no idea, but I Lytle, Texas. Lytle, Texas. Wow. T-I-R-A-T-E-S. Tires, tires, tires. Oh, man. I was like, that is not how you spell Lytle, bro. That's a P. We're going to have to look at analytics, and I hope we get at least one listener. One listener, Lytle. One Lytle, Texas. And so, yeah, I grew up there, mostly played football, sports, everything that high school kids do. I wasn't really that into school, but I was really into extracurriculars. You're um, really into being extra? Us I'm too. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just like, you know, like, I could uh, do, I could, like, be the president of a club, right? But, like, could I pretend, could I often make it to math class? Like, that was like, that, I feel that. I feel um, that. Yeah, and so that was, like, my thing, and I've sort of always been uh, maybe too outspoken, so I spent a lot of days in ISS. Oh, and, shit. But that's oh, where I, I learned, I have a decent vocabulary, people sometimes <laughs> tell me, and and I think it's from copying words out of the dictionary, because that's what you do when you go to ISS. Oh, my God. Unless you have a teacher who's, like, smart enough to put together a packet, but sometimes they don't, so right. you have to do that. And so, yeah, that uh, was my childhood. Um, uh, I started, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. I don't know what else I could tell you. So it was a fairly pleasant childhood then. Yeah, I guess as a kid it was pretty pleasant. Um, my mom, like, because like so much younger, it was like almost like being an only child with a bunch of uncles. Okay, and so you yeah. were just so spread out. Yeah. Kind of so it was kind of it was nice to my mom and I. And then, um, you know, like around that time we moved to high school, there was uh, my mom had gotten married, mm-hmm. and the relationship that she was in was like an emotionally abusive relationship, mm-hmm. and um, I ended up like having to move out of my house when I was about like 15 and um I had I always had a job like literally Mm -hmm. like one of my jobs like in middle school was I used to work at a drag race like a drag race you know not like RuPaul's no 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 no, no, sorry that's where my brain went first no what is it uh dead drop dead drop (laughs) (laughs) oh no not like that Jesus But, uh, but you know, like, when people race cars and stuff? Yes, like, like a, the actual like drag strip, race. Like a strip. And <laughs> so, like, I started my, my – what became my stepdad, he used to, like, go there on the weekends, and then I, like, became a runner. I used to run money from, like, booth oh, to Oh, how booth. funny. And was, like, oh. kind of running behind these cars. And that was really cool because, like, one time, like, a monster trunk came with the – with a retired engine from a from a spaceship. What and the so, heck? <laughs> and That's so you intense. had to like have like your ears plugged and stuff Whoa, like that. Whoa, wait, it wasn't like from a flat earther spaceship, was it? Jesus oh, Christ. I'm not sure. Flat oh, earthers man. really? I'm just saying. Stop. <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm not, sure <laughs> I'm not sure that they were that deep. I think they were more you into don't the think car so? than they were into okay. like whether the earth was flat. But okay. I, I don't think I'm that was checking. probably a well maybe it was a thing. It, it could have been a thing. I'm, I'm sure it's always been a thing. Oh, yeah, that's like I know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so like I always had a job and then um um 
we kind of ran into like issues. Um, the emotional abuse was something where I like, I couldn't be there, so I moved mm. out and I like lived in my car for a little while. Wow. Um, but I was like, <clears throat> because we moved to this town and because I was really good at sports, um, it was still kind of like close knit. So like mm. my best friend's parents would like, you know, you're staying here tonight. We're feeding you. Da da da. Right, take like, care of you. Yeah, and like my coach used to let me in to go work out like an hour before school starts, so I could like take a shower and stuff wow. like that. Um, so, you know, that was, like, you know, just was really beneficial in that, like, I saw the community kind of meant something. Right, for um, you. Yeah, yeah. Especially during that age when it's just, like, a lot of emotions happening. Yeah. Also, like, you know, it was, like, I didn't want to be in that town. Because <laughs> yeah. I had all my best friends, you know, that I'd grown up with lived in 45 minutes away in the middle oh, of the yeah, city. And, like, right. they were doing, like, hood rat stuff. And, like, I wanted and to be like, I want to be with you, not in Lytle, yeah. Little. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't want to be in this stupid town, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But then, like. It worked out, you know, and, like, now one of my best friends for all of my life is a guy from Lytle. Like, his father oh, wow. was, like, sort of my mentor, you know what I mean? Like, um, he's a po- he's a politician. He used to be a former state Texas state representative. And nice. he used to tell me, oh, you should be in politics or whatever. And I was like, oh, that'd be really cool. Howdy for president? So he used to, like, when you go around, like, you go either to cafe or something and you don't know everyone because he's a politician. Right. Um, he would be like, and this is Hottie Mwangi. He plays, you know, defense. Whatever position I was playing that year, and he's like, "You should know him. He's a person to know." So it was like a really cool, like, this is how you meet people when you become gregarious and you yeah. like, you know what I mean? Instead of just being like outrageous, you know? Right. Yeah. Because I could have just there's a way to channel that energy as opposed to just being like, "Wow." Yeah, dude. yeah. So you know, like, it just sort of like was cool to have people invest in me for sure. Yeah. And so yeah, and also like I gotta be honest, I feel like um, at Texas. I'm a, I'm very Texan. Like mm-hmm. I love being from Texas. Like, um, and like being both in the city and like being in the country. Like those were like two things that kind of like made me feel like a wildcatter. You know what I mean? Right. Like I can make my own future. <laughs> yes, here, you, you know? did it all. Yeah. So Texas was just like it's yeah. So so cool. you led me to my literal next question, which mm-hmm. was how is your identity shaped by this location? You obviously kind of touched on that already, but is yeah. there anything more significant maybe? Um. You know what I mean? Like, I was being, like, a kid from, like, the city. You know, like, kids from the city don't know anything. Um, you know, like, <laughs> like, like they just don't. Okay, drag like, us. Like, yeah. kids from the city, like, like, no offense to young men who are raised in the city, but for the most part, they don't know how to be men, like, and to do things. Which like means to what? your own oil or to, like, get your hands dirty. Um, no offense, Rafa, if you're from no, the city. No, I, I, I'm smiling because I know how to do those things. Okay, My, cool. You're like, yeah. I am a man. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. Because well, when Eva, Eva was talking about her brake pads earlier, and I was like, I changed the brake pads on my old Palomino. Why didn't like you do mine? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You learned that, like, gentlemanly stuff. Yeah. Or at least I did, and that I wasn't learning. See, anything. that makes me want to talk about a whole other topic of, like, what is being a man, but yeah. we won't have to get it. Well, that's a whole other episode. But, but and, and, and obviously that's a generalized <coughs> statement. Right. So, so I, people from the city and people from the country don't beef. Right. You know what I mean? We, yeah. fit so we already beef. Yeah. <laughs> like, cows are in the country. We're here. No, I'm exactly. just kidding. Exactly. But I just thought, like, for me, like, it helped me, like, learn things that became... Right. Those, like, ne- life necessities, exactly. essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Because, like, when I see someone who, like, doesn't even know how to put air in their tire and they're, like, a 27-year-old Drag me ho man, ass. I'm just kidding. I'm just like, what is yeah. wrong with you? Like, almost the same thing about women, too, right? Like, because you're like, what is wrong with you, girl? Like, this, like, you're talking about feminism and men, you're talking about, like, being number one. Well, y'all should know how to take care of yourself, you know? Yeah. So those are just things Or that, like, are those all societal norms and we shouldn't have to be those things and then we can just do whatever the hell we want well, as yeah, humans? Well, yeah, yeah, because I don't really care what you are. You gotta know how to take care of 
to cure yourself is right. more, is more well, I think Hadi's talking more along the lines of like, look, if you're out there and you don't know how to take care of yourself, there are things that are in, not ingrained but kind of learned along the way that should be part of like your toolkit. And so when you go off on an extreme saying I'm this but you don't really have – the substance that backs right. it up. I mean, no, that's obvious. Yeah. But I think <coughs> well, I'm I'm getting offended because people always try to attack feminism. I'm like, you don't have to see my receipts, boo, but it's not about me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all for feminism. I just I just want people to be able to take care of themselves. Right, and, and that's, that's just a general, like, no-gendered thing. It's like, yo, learn how to take care oh, of yourself right, yeah. so, well, the thing and was just like, take so care of shit, which I actually will bring up more in our, our uh, later segment. So, like, well, in my school, like, in the city, they weren't, they don't have classes. I mean, maybe they did, but, like, you weren't encouraged to take a class that was going to teach you how to do those things. Right. But, like, in the country, like, because I had an extra elective, I took the Future Farmers of America classes. Out. And I learned how to build a tractor from scratch. And another Have class. Have you done also, that? Yeah, we both built, like, our two classes built tractors from scratch, and then we had a tractor pull-off. I am that's going awesome. to you know die. I mean? And, like, that's, that's awesome. something you don't generally get in right. city I schools. think like you're, like, the more, most <coughs> Texan, Texan person we've had on the show. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say they've built a tractor. Texan? It wasn't, it wasn't well, are we talking alone. about generalizing now? Because yes. I guarantee that's you my Mexican folk know how to build tractors. My grandfather has... I know, like, but, like, nobody's come on the show and been like, I had a tractor pull-off, and then I'm from Lytle, Texas. So. <laughs> we raised money for the FFA when that we That sounds did just that, like Hottie. Know, like yeah, I know. Now I know this whole identity. I did not even realize <laughs> that. Yeah. I, I'm enjoying that's, that's it, That's that Central Texas living, though. You know Boom. what I mean? Like, now I know. Like, now I know. Like, you know, from, Central, from San Antonio to Lytle to San Marcos to Austin, you know, like, right. uh, Central Texas is in my blood. Yeah, <laughs> very interesting. Very interesting. So, oh, and I'm only second American, second generation American, and second, and I'm both second generation Texan as well. So, okay, so that's also interesting. Yes. <laughs> well, and how very. do those things like compromise your identity? Because that's a lot of what we discuss here. Yeah. Is like, what makes your identity? Your parents were born here, or were you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just all of these things compromise who you are. And then you joked about being a coconut, which is like, a, like, a, like a lot of people. Would not ever in a million years say that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's just. But I know my I know my limits. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like I know how well how much I know about my own Hispanic culture, and uh -huh. it's not enough. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you mind sharing what your identity is, or like your ethnicity? No, no, I don't mind on this show. I do mind when I get asked that, like on the reg. But right. I don't mind from you guys. Um, okay. Uh, so my I'm mother like is to. again second generation Texan Mexican American. Her mm -hmm. family originally was from Monterrey. Oh, wow. Um, and then my father was from Jordan, and okay. he was in the U.S. military. They met at a nightclub. Cool. Wow, on, um, sounds exciting. On dates, yeah. And then, um, nice. But he passed away when I was a child, mm. and so, again, my mom just sort of raised me so right. well. Um, Go yeah, mom. That, that, that's the, that's that's amazing. the ethnicity story, I guess. The ethnicity story. That's yeah. what we call it on this show. Hello, welcome to the ethnicity <laughs> story. Um Okay, so that's interesting to know as well, though, because that also combines the country with the Central Texas and Hadi Mawagdi and all of yeah, the Yeah, well, you know, all, all of my grandpas jokes. and uncles were all brown, too. You know, they right, and so Lytle. I'm like, I know he's brown, you guys, <laughs> but... And they lived in Lytle, too, you know what I mean? Lytle, so Lytle, like, yeah, that's yeah, going to kill so, me. Uh, well, you know what was really crazy? So Lytle used to play a town in football called Divine, uh -oh. but our neighboring city was Lacoste, and the opposite school was Medina Valley. So we used to Bruh, say... these sound like some drag queens I know. Yeah, yeah. So I used to say, I used to say, we're chilling in 
that's how we tell people we're oh, nice. How do you got bars? <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, y'all can rap battle. I'll bars. step out. Well, this I'm seeing you so differently, and I love it because this is exactly what That's what amazing. we want to know yeah. more about your identity and where you came from and what made you who you are. And so it's really, really uh, interesting, and we're grateful to know more about you. Maybe. So we're gonna continue. So I know you mentioned a little <coughs> bit about your mentor. I don't know if maybe he was a kind of an insp- inspiration to you, but when did you first realize you wanted to be a part of this industry? Oh man. You know, I, he was not. He was he very wasn't? supportive of everything. Okay, I was like, done. maybe he could have, but no, I don't know. No, so, like, um, so I went to college right after high school to play to play college football. I played football. I, like, really, like, all this sports, I'm like, what? This yeah. is so, this is not what I expected <laughs> in a million years. So I played football at Abilene Christian University my freshman nice. year. Nice. Uh, wow. And I tore my ACL, my MCL, oh, my no. meniscus after the season, thinking that I could play um, basketball, which is my. Ball is um, life. Yeah, yeah. We hoop every Sunday, Rivershawn Park. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, what's up? Uh, I'm a big fan of the association, so anytime anyone wants to talk it, I'm down. And then we could also, um, yeah. I'm who's your, okay, real quick question. Who's your favorite player in the NBA? My favorite player in the NBA currently or uh, ever? Oh, Kevin Garnett. And currently? Kevin Garnett. Uh, currently. Man, if you're going to be mad at me. Cause uh, don't no, 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 don't no. worry. We it, all judge each it, other. It. It's Marcus Smart. Okay. I don't I, even know he's him. Well, for Flower Mound in the house, first of all. <laughs> uh, I like to rest for our Texans. Um, I'm also a very big hustle play, play person. like Because he's a point guard, but <coughs> he guards centers. And that's yeah. how you know like he can do he's it. He's you know? And like, so people used to ask me who my favorite player was growing up, like who I wanted to be. And it was the six man for the 2001 Portland Trailblazers, Bonzi Wells. He looked what like the a fuck? <laughs> and he wore number six. And I loved him. <laughs> and so um, that's the kind of play. When people ask you, like, what kind of player are you or who are you? You're like, so you know, yeah. funny. Like, oh, I'm Dirk, or I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm bon- basic. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm Bonzi Wells, dog. Like, I'm gonna have four points, four rebounds, four assists, <laughs> a steal, and a block. Yay! That consistency, though. <laughs> yeah, so. Jesus Christ, wow. that is hilarious. Yeah. And I feel like I bring that rigor to my recording. I well. mean, I feel it. I feel <laughs> it. I I really do. Bonzi, very Bonzi. Is that his name? Did I yeah, say right? Bonzi esque. <laughs> So the first time you realized you wanted to be in the industry was Oh, I'm sorry, I totally avoided No, you know, we love we love yeah. having random Bonzi moments. <laughs> it's chill. So, so yeah, so um uh, so I had dropped out of college after I got hurt. I moved right. to Austin. I was like kinda working like two or three jobs trying to save enough money to go back to college and like also trying to be a stand up comedian. Um which okay. I, didn't work out. I'm um, so excited to know that existed in your life. Yeah, I see it. It existed for a short period, for about a year and a half. Everybody has to go through um, it, you know? Yeah. And so it was like during that, they really should. Yeah, they um, should. But it was like during that period of time, um, I had bec- I had already like always listened to NPR because when I was like living in my car, there was really nothing else to entertain Stop. me. So um, I'd always listen and then podcast became a thing. I could afford a smartphone because I had all these jobs. Big bother brain. <laughs> right? No kidding. <laughs> I was like, man, it's 2007, I got a smartphone. <laughs> um, you know, it's a big deal. Uh, Sidekick. Yeah. Was it? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so um, – I was working all these jobs, been interested in podcasts, and I went back to school um, like in 2009, I think. It was either 2009 or 2010, and um, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to be a teacher because that's what people do, Mm. right? And I was going to study. I was studying English because I was always a writer and someone who had things to say, I thought. 
And then I was studying. You math. do, you do. I was studying mathematics because I was not that bad at it, and I thought, well, one of those will get me a job: English, math, right? And um, it was only like my second week into like my higher level like English courses, and my professor asked, "Is a rhetoric course?" And she said, uh, "What do you hope to do like when you graduate?" And she was just like making small talk, and I was like, "Oh, like be a teacher or something, or do travel. I don't know." kind of gave her my backstory mm-hmm. and she was just like have you ever thought about communications and I was like no like, <laughs> I, I did this because I couldn't think of something better to do right. you know and um and she was like well I'm gonna let you know that you're gonna hate being a teacher and I was just like damn I don't even have a backup plan you know yeah. uh-huh. and she was just like don't get me wrong you'd be good at being a teacher but there's a lot of bureaucracy there's a lot to deal with you're gonna have to have patience for it you Ooh. might burn out and I was just like, we're preaching to okay, the choir man, over here. Well, like, what do I do? Like, what do you do when someone tells you that? <laughs> Especially mm-hmm. like an adult, because like, even though you're an adult, you still don't know about yeah, it. Yeah, you're like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, and then she was just like, well, I have a friend who runs a college radio station. And like, by the end of the week, I had a job. Wow. And I was like DJing. And then very quickly after I started DJing, I started my own interview talk show. And I like won some Texas awards and a national award for it. And then Look at you. And then nice. I started like a This American Lifestyle <coughs> show. With like a bunch Aww. of reporters, and we it was called in the public interest, and Cute. so we we did really well, and then um, then I took over executive producing our daily talk show, and nice. so like I reformatted reformatted it and like created beats for people to have something new to report on from within the city every single day, and then we played music, and I made the DJs come up with like segments like my favorite album of the week or whatever. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then and then and then I was like. I'm beyond y'all. I need to get a job somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got the internship at KUT, and you know, um, so I, I, maybe I'm telling too much. No, that's I'm everything not, I no, needed. Yeah. You're making my job very easy. Yeah, God yeah. bless. I got my job at KUT, and uh, I, it, they were really good at telling stories. They do like seven minute shows there, wow. not like four minute stories. Right. So um, you really get to expand. Yeah, and I had like all these ideas because I'm like st- finishing college, and I'm like, yeah, fresh, years, young, so like, excited. They could tell me, like, Nathan, you do this idea. Or, like, Joy, you got this. Ben, you got this. I was like, no, nah, I'm hotty. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and they weren't, like, letting me do anything. And then the guy who had just taken over the web responsibilities was like, why don't you write for me? And, and I was like, oh, okay. And then, like, the very first story I wrote for him was a story about dog re- DNA testing dog poo in apartment, complexi- complex, apartment complexes and um, – Austin, and it that was like, sounds right up your alley. I, I read, I, I, I'm almost certain that I read that story. Get I out. swear to you, because well, to this day, I still think of when I walk around, I'm like, oh my God, I wish <laughs> or I'm putting my business out. <laughs> Blah, please, please. <laughs> I wish they tested these dogs' DNA so that we could track it to the owner. Well, so that, so that very first story got picked up by NPR. Look and at you. <laughs> yes, dog shit. Yes. yes. Full circle. It had like an hour of virability. Yeah. And, yeah, and so it was like all of a sudden they're all and I, you know, I did it in a couple other stories, and they were like, maybe this guy's not stupid. So they started, letting, <laughs> started letting me just do stuff. You're like, I can like, handle yeah. more than dog shit, okay? Yeah, I was like, I was like, maybe you guys have never heard of Other Side <laughs> yeah. Drive. It's a daily news <laughs> afternoon like, show. I know something. You I know, know what Which really was like a bunch of college kids talking about this is my favorite thing. Uh-huh. You know? uh, but you were killing it though, yeah, dog shit yeah. and all. It was cool, yeah. But it was just like so they started with that, and then um, you know one day they asked me like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to be Terry Gross. Like, how do I be Terry Gross? 
And they were like, well, you know, two ways to do that. You become a really well-respected reporter and people put you in a position where you get to have a voice or you become a really good producer and maybe one day you work into a position where you're the next person up, you know? Right. And, which neither, to be honest, sounds like a very good path. Um, right. But it's the truth, you know? And so they were like, well, this guy has a statewide music program called Texas Music Matters. Why don't you ask him if he'll let you work on that? And so then I worked on that, and he was like, I'm not paying you. You know, I was just like, all right, well, I just did one interview. <laughs> like, I'll do another, you know? Yeah. And then, like, after two weeks, he was like, you're not useless. I'll pay you for part-time work. Wow. Yeah. And so they paid me you're part-time. You're not useless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me That's encouraging. Work. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> but it was neat because, you know, like, I talked to a lot of young people who were going in the industry, and they were like, well, what do I need to know? Like, what can I have? And I'm just sort of like, become, like, mastery at what you already do, and then work that into the skills you need to do the job you want to do. So, like, I was really good at Twitter and Tumblr. Like, I used to have, like, a really, really popular Tumblr page called Here's What's Up dot org. Get <laughs> out. Let's go check it out right now. It doesn't exist uh, anymore. I used to review um, music videos when they came out. And that so is, what was your favorite music video? Oh, man. I don't know. What year was it? Uh, Mo yeah. money, mo problems. But what? <laughs> no, but what year? I really want to know. Oh, like what year was yeah, I? Yeah, like what I video? Was what year? Oh man, I couldn't tell you what video, but Boo. I can tell you like the years it was happening was like between 2010 and 2014. There's some solid yeah, videos in there. Yeah, it was kind of like when Pitchfork was just becoming legitimate, <laughs> and not just like for people Random who thing. were like really into stuff. You right. Know? Um. So yeah. So so I had I was good at that, and then I was like, well, let me start a Tumblr for you guys, and they were like, okay, and I was like, well, let me go report on vinyl returning because it's coming. You know, that's yeah. a smart move. You know, just like little things that nobody wanted to do, but that we talked about, you know. And then like other things, like so South by Southwest comes through Austin, right? Well, of like course. I was like, well, I'll listen to three thousand bands and give you a recommendation of the best thirty, and wow. you pick them. Yeah. And they were like, you'll do that, and I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And so from that, like I whittled <coughs> down this list, I share it with the music team, then they pick their top five, and I was like, well, if you need me to produce that, I'll produce it. Yeah. And so like then I just started like doing these things mm. and incorporate them with my ability to know social media right. and stuff like that. I think that's a key that a, a lot of people don't realize with something. It's like if you really want to do it and you want to get good at it, just find a way to do it yeah. and just go for it yeah. and find your skill with that and combine it to succeed. Yeah. It's like I you think have a skill. You right. Know I mean? And I'm saying that because right now with De Colores, a lot of people are like, wow, how are you doing this? And I'm like, I literally am doing what I think is necessary and oh, what I yeah. like to do. Yeah, and I combine it with my skill, his skill, her skill, and we go. Well, like, I mean, <laughs> like, you know, when I wrote the piece and I write, like, the things that Rafa's doing, excuse me, I write the piece and I think of the things that Rafa's doing, I'm like, oh, my God, like. How do I say he's an actor, rapper, DJ? He's everything. He's like, amazing. Yeah, we say it all the time. He runs his expo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's got a radio show. Oh, yeah, and he manages, like, a city facility. You know what I mean? Like One of the best city facilities. Hey, thank you, Eva. Yeah, but it's like, you know, like, you're able to do this because you're, you, it's some, you use the skills you already have and you, like, maximize them. Yeah. Or the same thing with you, like, when he talked about the things that encouraged him about you, right? Like, your ability to work with kids. One day she'll like believe media. me. Like understanding of me. I know how amazing like I am, but I don't like talking about it. Well, no, I, like, <laughs> well, well I'm the, talking no, about honestly, it, you know? like, even with listening to Hadi, like, the common thread in all of this is understanding, like, you know, when you look at it from the outside, it's like the 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 means mm -hmm. more so than the end. Like right, we're looking no, at sure. the work and understanding the 
impact and the importance of it and that's why we do it mm-hmm. so like yeah you i mean you literally left work like mad late and came straight over here to make sure that we could do this and get this knocked out because we understand the importance of it and we want to do it and so it's not one of those things where it's like how can i find a shortcut and go viral or how can i you know create a meme that's going to make me blow <laughs> up you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. without without any yeah. actual content or something. A lot of people think that way nowadays, too. No, uh, the How do I make the next big viral thing way. when it's like you can't just yeah. make you the can't next just viral, viral thing? Viral, yeah. you know? But, you know, like, <clears throat> being on that hustle and looking for it's going to get you there faster than not, Right, guess, no, absolutely. You know, so but, yeah, so that's I don't that, that didn't really tell you how I got into no, it. No, I mean, it did kind of tell us everything, it. which is what we, what we wanted. And sure. so what would you say has been the most difficult thing thus far? Like working in the industry? Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know. There's a few tough things. You know, like, well, first of all, like, it's a no, it's the nonprofit world. Mm. So, you're, you know, you're, never, you're not going to make uh, lots of Bitcoin. Right. You know? Stop. <laughs> Bitcoin. Um, uh, you know, so there's that. There's the fact that, like, you know, un- internships are usually not paid for. Of course. And, you know, coming from the background that I came from, like, it was I was in a really tough situation where I was working, going to school, and interning. You for a fact that, like, one of those things wasn't being done well at all times. You know, I couldn't tell you which, but one of them wasn't, yeah. you know. Um, and I'm sure every kid interns, but you know, when you have the money to financially, like, no, someone's taking care of your house, your phone, your cars, and your uh-huh. gas, and your yeah. groceries, just makes it a little more difficult, you know. So there's for that. Sure. And then, like, being a person of color and, like, not only like the industry itself, but like on stuff consciousness like when i first like was applying for jobs like like after we get out of kut like i applied for like 70 jobs right yeah. Damn. and like i kept on telling myself like the reason i'm not getting the call back because i knew i had a skill set to uh, to get the jobs that i was applying for i was like it's because they don't know how to say my name mm-hmm. and they're probably like embarrassed I feel that. to call me and be like patty mawedja you know what I mean? Yeah. They're yeah. just Patty Mwebjda. Right. You know? Or they're like, like, for me, I always thought they're not even considering me because they saw my name. Yeah. Or that too. That's, you know? that's what I always felt where I was like, um, or they would say, you're too qualified. Yeah. And I was like, wait, so it's I, like I applied to the corner bakery, <laughs> fam. Like, just let me have it. But those insecurities definitely come. So, I mean, that's like one thing. And then, you know, um, you know, I, I would say like KUT is probably, or sorry, KERA is probably the most diverse newsroom I've worked in. That's good to know. Shout out, K-E-R-A. We're proud of you. (laughs) You know, but, like, at the same point, like, you know, all of our editors are white, and Mm -hmm. so, you know, sometimes you have to remind them of things, and then sometimes them remind you, too, you know, that, like, your audience isn't necessarily the audience that you wish it was, you know, because I wish every Hispanic and Middle Eastern person in the world listened to NPR, you know? Right. But, like... It took my mom years to start listening to NPR, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and I'm her son and I worked in it. So, right. You know, it's, like, it's like one of those things. See, that's, that's you know. so interesting because like for us, our mom, you know, immigrant woman, we grew up listening to it. Yeah. So it's really just like almost like a mixed bag. But I think obviously there's a language barrier, et cetera. But yeah. it really just varies because for my mom, she's always loved it. And I think that's been a big source of knowledge for her. Yeah. Um, we hear that a lot, so, though. Like, yeah, it's very interesting. Almost every, like, foreign Lyft driver I've ever heard, right. like, ever met has told me that's how they That same thing. Like yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so then what is your dream going down the road? I mean, I guess the dream's still to be Terry Gross, right? Ah. Like, um, we believe Honestly, in you. Honestly, that's, like, 
one of my goals is to just have a conversation, e- even not even Harry if Brown. I'm on this show, just to have like a good conversation with Terry. So like, um, there's this. What po- are your connections? What are your connections? No, Nothing? I have no connections. Oh, I was like, have you spoken? No. So there's this, there's this, uh, <coughs> there's this project going on like around public media called I hashtag I am public media. People are telling their stories or whatever, right? And um, and I, I they asked me to write an essay for it, and I was like featured in this like series of essays with Ooh. like other you know notable people within the industry, including Ken Burns. He was like in oh the wow I was in, which was really cool. That's a and huge deal. And we were both like, one of the very first ones to tell our public radio Ooh. story. Um, and in it, everyone was like, I hope you're prepared to meet Terry Gross, because you know of course like I'm talking about this moment, and I was like. Oh, I'm so excited. Like, if it happened, I wouldn't even know what to say. Like, uh, just to meet her, just to say, what's up, Terry? Like, how you ask right. good questions, you know? Because, like, I've read her books and stuff like that as well. And um, it didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, one day. Yeah, I feel it. Off. I yeah. think you can make it happen. Maybe, yeah. You I've talked to her producers, though. And, like, the first time I called one of her producers, it was, like, to help get help with booking a guest that they got that I couldn't. And I was like, oh, my God. That's I'm amazing. So and You're like, I'm like, so close. Yeah, she's like, what can I help you with? <laughs> Which, I guess, it was, like, interesting yeah, her day. Yeah. And I was, like, <laughs> I was, like, fanboying, like, yeah, I can't like get <laughs> my job done, and I think you're real cool. Can you help me I get my job done? And she was just like, oh, no. Let me I'll send, send me an email. Don't call me. <laughs> so who have you been your other big inspirations? I know that's a super cliche question, but I always like knowing because it gives me a little more insight into people. So, like, radio or, like, media In general, just all life, not just uh, radio or journalism or any of that. Uh, Muhammad Ali is a big inspiration. Like, as nice. a kid, I grew up reading, like, all the biographies Aww. of Muhammad Ali. Um, there were a lot of, like, biopics biopics whichever you prefer (laughs) made during like when we were when we were kids rob yeah (laughs) wow i'm (laughs) such i feel like aged again patches um when patches (laughs) Patches! (laughs) we get how do you say it patch love it so 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 pat like when when we were kids pat (laughs) Uh, so I did that just to be annoying. No, but. you're fine. You're um, perfect, Toddy. But uh, but yeah. So there was like a lot of biopics made and biopics. So, biopics. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> so then, like you know, I was reading like the middle school version of the biography right. and stuff like that. And then like I was gifted the uh, Mar- uh, sorry Malcolm X biography mm, when I was in high that's school. Good. Like, that was really good. Um, um, I used to be really into like Che Guevara, but then like I kind of learned some stuff about. You I know. mean, people are still really into him, so those might have been swayed, too. Yeah, you know, I get it. But it's just like, I don't know, like, genocide is always bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's so, a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of things. But, I mean, at one point, he was, like, friends with lepers, so cool, right? right? It's <laughs> a weird – it always sucks when you see the people become – I don't know. Anyway, that's a complicated issue that yeah. I'm not ready for right now. But, you know, those are things – and, like, uh, you know – this is for all my Texas conservative fans out oh, there. Jesus like Christ. As oh, sorry. Teen, as a teen, Ayn Rand and the Fountainhead. Get out, Ayn Rand. Yeah, and like some of the thought processes that went Lord. into objectivism and her form of belief <laughs> were like really like they were like sort of pillars of like a kid who was like surviving and only mm. worried about himself. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. makes like sense. That's what that, that stuff's sense. about. You right. Know? right. Um, but yeah, so literary of those people and then like Andy Samberg and Adam Sandler Stop. I should have like, known and like Martin you know um, Martin Martin yeah. I'm the man yeah and then like uh, Fresh Prince like I thought he was living my life like we see by the sweater give me the no, gun see give me the gun <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ you know 
Or it's like, or like, remember when his dad, like, he, his dad leaves, and he's, oh, uh, no, and, don't, and he's like, he's like, why won't he do that? Why don't he want me no more? Why don't he want me no more? Y'all, you didn't know that he has Yo, impersonations, but he does. Can we pause recording? Yeah. I need some tissue right now. <laughs> I'm yeah. actually like, I'm like, look, I'm welling I'm up, man. There. Like, it's a big deal. Like, that's a big episode. Yo, for real. Uh, when I when I saw that episode, yeah. I broke. I was like, it's I, so good. Yeah, like, we should watch like, it right now. It's like now. just a cultural touchstone. Yeah, I think. Like, I think like, yeah, it's a very good episode. And then. Yeah, so when Carl get, Carlton gets shot, or when Will gets shot, Bruh, and Carlton I haven't gets seen gun, these episodes yeah. since they when, aired, probably. And then when his dad leaves them, um, there's also like an iffy one where his mom kind of leaves them too, but she's she was also like just selling this being a single woman, you know what right. I mean? Right. And also she had already given up her life, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, so your biggest dream is to become Terry Gross? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, we support you. Yeah. Would it, would it, you so would it, it be like fresh air? With Hadi Mawazi. Wow, I like the ring of it. I mean, I like the, I love hearing fresh that. Fresh air. I, I can't Hadi even. Mo- no, you can't fresh do it. No, fresh. You're losing fresh it. You're losing air. it. <laughs> Damn, Pat. That's a meme. I, I, hopefully, no one's, I don't know if I should. So, I have a name that I want to use. Oh, and, don't put and, it out yeah, there. Yeah, and I don't. own a URL, but I don't really want to put it out <laughs> Okay, there. don't. Yeah, we, don't, we are don't. not asking. I am with you. I'm protecting yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, another really big inspiration of mine is this uh, host named Jesse Thorne. He, he does a show Thorne. called um, Bullseye. Mm. And it's sort of like a, like a millennial version of what she does. Maybe he's a li- maybe Gen X version of what she does. Gen X. Um, <laughs> and he's just like, he, he starts, so he never had a job in journalism. Graduated from college, turned his college radio show into like that. This is like early internet. Turned it into like um, a podcast immediately, like 2003. You know, when po- no one was really listening to podcasts, and now right. his show's on NPR stations around America. Oh shit! And like right. he owns like a network of podcasting things all oh, in wow. California. And he wow. Goes, he throws retreats on like uh, where people pay like hundreds of dollars to yeah. go like be on a boat or go to his comedy festival, and all of it's nonprofit. Too, which is like oh, really cool. Very nice to hear that. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I try to explain to Eva that nonprofit doesn't mean that you have to be broke as an organization. Yeah, I don't think that that's what that means. <laughs> I think it just means I that know like, you're it's putting just funds like you know the betterment of other things yeah. and not towards your own pocket. Right. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so we heard through the grapevine that you wanted to talk a few of our most favorite things yeah and what are those things stop i mean that's kind of technically what one of the things is yeah kind of yeah um i'm gonna die before this episode's over um you wanted to talk hip-hop and selena yeah so i guess part of it is just like you informing me oh so I grew up in San Antonio. Yes. I understand that people love Selena. I grew up around people who listen to Tejano. Okay. Tejano. Look at the coconut. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's oh a really God, offensive, isn't it? I thought this it? was a safe place. It's like, a you safe place. You said it. Like, when he I says it about himself. Yeah, it's not like I was like. Oh, please. So like you I want my help. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like throwing bombs at people. Do one for him. <laughs> He was trying so hard to do it earlier, y'all. It was sad. <laughs> Look, it's so go. sad. It's, it's so cute and sad. Mine's like a little gun. His yeah. Like his <laughs> <laughs> his Yours sounds like a, to- 
toy gun. It's like. Whoa. Okay, let's not go that <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so what did you want to know? I'm sorry. Oh, so I just don't get why people were in love with Selena. Okay, I'm afraid <laughs> that you have to leave the premises immediately. Um, because like people act like people act like she was like the prince of her time. But, like, she was just so early in the rise. Okay, really so this is it. my, and, and we're going to have a full-fledged Selena, like, season, right? So, like, mm. we're going to get way into it more later on, and that's why, for the most part, like, you hear me freaking out a lot about Although her. Although, I will say, watching the 2020 video from, like, back when that lady shot her, that's a mm. good Bruh, interview. It's intense. Look at you, <laughs> damn interview style. I'm over here mourning, and uh, you're judging yeah, interviews. It's, t- it's tough. Even 20... 21, 21 years later. 21, 21 almost 22. Almost 22. Yeah, 22, 24, 24. She, I mean, she was, a f- she, she was La Reina de Tejano. Right. right. Okay. So, okay, so like. But like Tejano doesn't even exist anymore. It you know doesn't, I mean? but this is the thing. This is how I look at it, okay? Because like, <coughs> and this is really what I wanted to get yeah, into in I a few months. Yeah, I just want to understand. How I look at it is like. During that time, she was obviously just the queen of this certain music that a, a, this certain type of people were listening to, right? And it was a huge deal. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, what, what even grew her legacy even more was the film. The film was for, like, the generation after she passed, which was, like, me, where, like, she died the year I was born, which may be symbolic, but we're not going to talk about that. That's what's crazy to me. Um, for Selena. But she died the year I was born, right? So, to me, like, I always grew up listening to her music. My sisters loved her music, had her tapes, everything. (coughs) So, I grew up knowing and listening to her. Okay. But I, like, young brown Eva, who wanted to be a singer and wanted to be a star as a child, watch that fucking movie repeat every single day and that meant everything to me so i was obsessed with her from the time i like as long as i can remember basically and that's what i think when you're saying hottie like she was a she being ahead of her time what she represented was very was much much bigger than what she might have been seen and as so at the time all the trouble that 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 you know the Quintanilla family the Quintanilla Perez family in terms of Selena like what they were experiencing through this like trajectory that they were going on is is like just now happening in our community right and so for someone to like experience that and still come out with such timeless like art like speaks highly literally to timeless because yeah. all of those things you still hear them and you're like oh shit this honestly is good. yeah like because even yeah, the, I mean, the biggest song like don't get me wrong <laughs> like, like drums on some of those songs like <laughs> you just kind of like journey style like <laughs> yeah uh-huh. you know what I mean? and then it's like <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like hearing like an yeah. accordion and it's right. just like what you know it's like yeah. where are you coming from with that so yeah. i think you com- combine all Whitney, of you, you know? combine right. all of that you combine the experiences of what it what a mexican american family is representing and a woman in, breaking through this male-dominated in industry, male-dominated industry, and and really shining on on a platform that excludes them, right? Uh, deliberately, and then breaking like, through Tejano because she yeah. was starting so to do pop. So, many, so, many so like, different. So she may not have made it to my culture, but she had already like forged the ground through. Oh that yeah, like Definitely. it was. And, I mean, it was like it, it was immense, like the work, and then just. And then, of course, the death played a huge part. Right, and so did. it, like, it, it builds like that person I mean, up. I love the right. film, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, you got washing machine, right. I guess, you know, but I just, <laughs> right. that part I, I didn't. You know, I think I, that never happened to me. And like I said, my grandpas would be listening to Hanawa. They're working on right. cars or 
one's better than well, the other one. Well, and that's where it's <laughs> like, to me, it is an interesting background, yeah. though, because a lot of people might not see it, and then mm-hmm. a lot of people are just jumping on this boat because it's popular now and this and that. Yeah. But that's really what it is, was that one representation that we didn't have. For me, that was the one movie I could watch and see someone like me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I really, I truly, and I was grateful that his, her sister said this during the star revealing. She said this new generation revived that's episode her 11, her uh her yes probably <laughs> but i mean uh no that's too early on actually no no it's the larry's episode no is it yeah. no you might know better than me but it's basically <laughs> what i'm saying is that she said hey like these like y'all brought her back to life with the popularity and i honestly like i feel that because i made friends growing up like with random latino one latino in my class because mm-hmm. it'd be like you saw Selena too? <laughs> and we would connect like dead ass. We would. And so that's why I'm like, it meant so much to a lot of us that maybe were like born right when she died that like you grew up knowing this person. It was and like then the nod. It, yeah, it was like the fucking nod. So anyways, obviously I, two passions about Selena. Go for it. Late at night when Song. you're alone and sleep is what? <laughs> you're fucking it up! No, it's fine. It's fine. I'll let no, no, you because no, you're hottie Mwansi. I'm done. I'm done. I just, that was good. So then you can even delete that if you want. No, we're leaving it. <laughs> it. We're going to replay. It's actually the new That Colores intro song. Yes. Um, hip-hop. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I got to get in on this goat discussion. Oh, please. What is your input? You so, know our responses. So, you guys think Kendrick. Is that right? I believe. Kendrick. Okay, so this is. Hold on, hold on. Let's just throw what you say first. Hold on. Can we, like, set it up, though? Sure. Because when we originally discussed this, 444 was not out. The last album we received from Hove. I don't think that changes the argument. It it does for me. Like, okay, because there's, like, the greatest. Listen, neither of those. None of his albums since the Black. Actually, none of his albums since the Black album. I know, but it made me. Before 44. Maybe Kingdom Come because he's got a couple Wheezy tracks on there. Wheezy? Uh, Hello. Wheezy was the hottest Weezy rapper Wheezy is around. responsible for so much. Like, if you want to be real, like, Wheezy is responsible like, for a lot of a lot of boys. No, no, no. Future doesn't exist without Wheezy. That's fine. I don't say Future's the best rapper alive. Young Thug, Thug, Young no, Thug. Even, even not like Atlanta Migos. or like Southern. Like, you want to talk about some of the Southern influence on East Coast hip hop? I know. Some of the current East Coast hip hop does not exist without Wheezy. I can tell you this. And that's coming from a person that isn't a big Wheezy right. fan. Right. I understand that. I'm just not a Wheezy the fan. The best rapper alive since the best rapper retired. <laughs> you mean that one? So I mean who's your best rapper alive then? So are we talking? So can I ask? See, you, no, no, see? No, 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 here's the real question: Are we talking lyrics? Or are we talking about cultural importance? I, I talk like lyrics. I talk lyrics and cultural importance. I combine them actually. Okay, so it's both. To For you. me, it's what about both. You, to you, I'm a big lyrics hoe though. It, it, I mean, I can choose one for either, but but, but what is it? For me, it's both. It's both. It's both. No, it is both. It is both. Because, like, Jay-Z obviously was really important, but I also think I saw – okay, I heard So I'm going to tell you guys right now, you're both wrong. It's Eminem. Oh, no, hottie. You are a coconut. No, no, that's that's (laughs) not a – I mean, I – Eminem has fire lyrics. And not only does he have fire lyrics, but all of his lyrics, they're not just, like, touting his own ability. They're actually speaking to the things that are happening at the culture. Like, if you listen to Eminem's lyrics during the George Bush administration, like, the things that he's saying I have a lot are of things that Eminem. people would wish that a rapper was saying about Donald Trump there, right now. But, 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 I mean, there's – okay, so if we're, we're going to talk about lyrics and 
We're saying like because you guys I can, brought up lyrics. If you no, wanted no, to bring no. up lyrics, I was gonna be like, "What's no, still Kanye West?" And I can respect <laughs> that, but I'll respect that because Eminem is in a position to be heard. So there is a long a list of of MCs with lyrics that I would put up against Eminem. Yeah, and like that might not get like the same recognition. That's true, but yeah, but would they beat him in a battle? <clears throat> Because yeah. you know they wouldn't. Yeah, I bet I they know could. A few that See, would. I think Eminem has mad privilege and he's gotten away with so much shit. Eminem is abusive. Eminem is misogynist. Eminem also, is all these shitty things and gets away with it. No, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah, admitted yeah. to those like, things throughout his career. And because even that recent like Trump thing he did, I was like, that was not that fire. And people were freaking out. Oh and I didn't think it was that and fire. Now he has to go cheat, apparently, to make things better. <laughs> I don't know. But so, I was just so like, I'm not that impressed by him. I'm not that okay, into so, him. So His voice is annoying. Okay, then can I comment to the thought that Jay Z is the greatest? You can, because I, I mean, so so I will say that in the p- reasonable doubt, classic, classic right? Of like like yeah. the Blueprint one and two, classic. The Black Album, classic. But like after we get past that, it's very shaky, and like people want to talk a lot about four four four. It's not that good. Like it's just—it's better that. to me than the, the last beats, one was. The beats are good, but like the if you listen good. to the content, the beats are ridiculously if, if you good. you talk about opinion. the lyrical content, like the things that he's saying are just so anti-black. Like you think so? He's like talking about his own experience, which I totally get. How he's have to sort of like push his own, like his own individualism out to the side to continue to keep making money, and that making money is what makes Jay Z Jay Z and allows him to be the king. You know what I mean? But like nothing he says is good for anyone. Like if you but follow any of the advice, but what do you think is anti-black about it? The fact that he's talking down to black people and telling them that they need to act like Jewish people so that they can. I don't get think money. that's what he was going for, though. I that's think that's a lot. Li- no, I know, but if you take, <laughs> I understand that. I know what he's saying. I know that there was controversy surrounding it. I fully understand that. But it's not just that lyric. But if I you think to the whole song, that whole song, the OJ story, is basically like you're all gonna get caught unless you just try to make money. But it's like, See, but it's I'm like, like selling himself. He's being OJ when he's saying that, which is so just like. I don't know. I think some people take took those lyrics very literally, <laughs> and it's not like that. I don't know if you feel that so way because to me that thing, song is mad deep. Yeah. And like I, the thing I got annoyed with that album, I didn't at all feel that it was anti-black. But I got annoyed with how much he's saying, go get money, 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 when money's not the fucking answer. Capitalism going to kill us, yeah, too. Yeah, that's the like, thing, because he talks about money so much, right, and how you can make a difference in your community with right. money, right? But it's like, not unless you're buying the community. Right. You know and so, I mean? and so that, like, to me, was like, that's what I didn't like. But, like, to me, those have so much deeper meanings, and it was just funny seeing, also, like— Also, it's really annoying to hear someone be like, I made money selling rye. It's a bad way to make money, but make sure you make money. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, do you not understand the centuries of disenfranchisement? Like, that means, did you forget about that on your way to the right. top? I think he knows these things. I think he's finally, right. like, accepting Drop his... Is ready. You ready? I'm scared. No, 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 no. Don't be scared. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, yes, like, understanding what Jay-Z is, what he's become, but what he's always been and always will be. And so there's a difference, obviously, between Reasonable Doubt and 444 and the journey that we've seen him take. Right. So, yes, my thing is he is the greatest because the greatest alive because we're able to sit here and dissect what he's saying 
on so many different levels. So yes, we can take it as one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, I can't say that I didn't listen to 444 and felt offended in some way over some of the shit that he said because that's the way that I took it. Yeah, I didn't but take it that it way. But that's what I'm saying. No, each to by own, some of each, it. Exactly. Each their own. But what I'm saying is what makes Jay-Z Jay-Z in terms of like the greatest alive is that what that meant to me was still impactful enough to value what he's saying as a person in his position and take it for what it's right. worth on a grand scale where it might seem like something completely different and would give a totally different idea to someone else listening on the opposite end of the world. So my thing is like, does it stand up to, to all of that ripping apart and dissection? And it does. And I can like, I've seen so many artists come, come through with music over the years. And yeah, he had some, some stuff that was really like, like in my opinion, like hot garbage. Yes, I but agree. But it looked he, pretty, but it was hot but garbage. But the fact <laughs> that he's still there, like that resilience in terms of producing the art, like it, it stands there and is, it's willing to be picked apart. And so that to me speaks, speaks more Volumes to, to an how artist. dope 444 was versus Reasonable Doubt. He hasn't made a better album than Reasonable Doubt in my opinion. Right. And like to me, when it comes to flow and understanding like what you're doing and and, and putting words together to to make a rap, like Jay Z has mastered that, and no one is doing it better than he is, in my opinion. Well, Certainly I, not Eminem. So just one more. We thing. know that much. So just now. one more thing. Eminem has been more commercially successful. He's also has. I think his lyrics are better. But those are the one things I'm gonna say. But if if we want to talk about that storyline, just real briefly, like what you're saying <coughs> and maybe i just don't give like just rappers enough due because mm -hmm. you know also eminem is a producer as well and produced several you tracks. really are just up eminem's butt his, his production is basically a ripoff of dr dre's production <laughs> yeah. so, Shocker. Uh, so boom, i'm just like being real yeah but but when it comes to the story like if you were asking about the story arc of an artist like for me it's actually kanye west because i was actually listening to a story uh, interview with tanahasi coates recently mm -hmm. and he was like kind of talking about like because, you know, he kind of got fame later in his life, although he had always been working. And yeah. he was talking about, like, how the entire time he was working, he was like, you know, like, it's easy to look at someone like Jay-Z and be like, that's the life I'm going to live. Like, I'm going to get to that. And the American I'm dream. Be on top. I'm going to be on top of whatever, right? And then he said, then, then he kind of, he, like, shifted the conversation. He said, but, like, he's like, but really, like, the thing is, like, you kind of start to, to, like, empathize and sympathize with Kanye, right? Like, people call him crazy or rude or all the things that he is, you know? But, like, the thing is that, like, a lot of that is just, like, him figuring out what it's like to come from not that world into now being mm. living there. Right. And, like, I don't think anyone... And trying to survive. Yeah, and I don't think anyone crafts together music or lyrics that, like... Because he does them all. You know, he's a producer on every track. Every, every, every track. Um, I don't think anyone's putting together like artistic stories that tell that story better than him. And I know people would say Drake because Drake is also hell very no, and tells not in this house. But I would, <laughs> but I would say like when it comes to just trying to do that, like Kanye just does it so much. Like you know, I like he's like lot, talking. Yeah. About, like, Hottie, I respect soul, like, like, um, his, everything again. His emotional no, yeah, that's problems. true. And it's easy. Like, it's easy to criticize someone in Kanye's position because he's literally like no one else is is. He's he yeah, does. he's paving his own like. You know, I'm staying way. quiet because <coughs> Kanye is my love, right? No, yeah. it's true. Like I respect that. Like I've, I've never, I, I don't hate on Kanye. Like I'll, I'll badmouth some of the stuff that he does, but because I'm in a position to be able to say, hey, look at this person who I don't really understand is doing these things that I right. don't like. 
But see, I, the only time I really had a big problem with Kanye was when he met with Trump. Like dead ass. That's the yeah. only time I was like, whoa. And but you can ask Pat. I was like in mourning because but I, think he I have is like. like all the things that we say he is. Right. He and I think know, he, he is, doesn't mean to be. I, he yeah. doesn't mean to be, or he doesn't know how to come <laughs> off in a way that people understand to say, hey, yeah. his mother died and he never solved that depression and has not yeah. cured himself from that or healed yeah. from that at all. Have we or, discussed these or things? The no. of America just being mad at him right. for some little girl. Yeah. Yeah. Some now a, a strong young woman. But at the time <laughs> well, if that's she, what you want to call her, but... Yeah, no, I'm with you, and that's the thing. And and the thing is, like, I don't know, because when I saw that, like, for instance, that situation, like, I didn't think it was a big deal, and so like I was like, we are, and I was like, yeah, Beyonce did deserve that, but you know what I mean. So it's just interesting because the story of suck if someone did that. No, it would fucking suck. But the story of Kanye is really very interesting, and so like when people say, you know, this is the greatest artist of all time or the greatest artist of living, I get it. Like I'm with you. And like I can't shit on Kanye that hard, and I do get like very defensive when people start attacking him because I'm like, you have to um, look at that as a human level, not yeah. this star that's an asshole. Which is where people can't get past. Real that. quick, if if they wrote a Bible today, would they include Kanye in it? <laughs> a Bible? Get out! I don't yeah. think he's a disciple. Yeah, I'm not saying all of that. That's but, next level stuff. But you stuff. know, they're like putting together like a book of modern geniuses. I think yeah. he'd be in it. I think okay. he would too, and a lot of geniuses go mad. So name one genius that ain't crazy. Hey, <laughs> so well, can I throw one podcast recommendation out real go quick? Go for it. There's a podcast called Dissect, and they take apart yes, every I was single song you. and when? album. Yes, and they, they did, did the Pimp a Butterfly, which yeah. is really I'm, good. It sounds like, like I'm gonna be like stuck in there for a while. Good. No, but yeah, it's literally that's what they do. Just like one, ep- for the one song an episode. R- see, and then, and then they did they did they're doing dark twisted twisted fantasy. Right I wait, and they separate it in four parts. Which is dark, Ooh. beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy, and like the way he does the story arc of it's it just is one so guy. Good, yeah, it's one guy. That sounds he has interesting. Another job, and he's a musician. He puts twenty hours a week to oh produce long form narrative uh, p- podcast. So dissect um, is properly titled. Then. Yeah, and he's also a pr- POC. Um, nice. I believe he's Asian, but I don't Very know that, cool. nor does it matter. It uh, doesn't. But you know. <laughs> No, we like that's podcast. all. That's all we want to do around here for sure. Uh, so uh, obviously, we could talk hip hop all day. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I feel like we have to meet. Weekly but we found for an a good peaceful circle with Kanye, and that's nice. Yeah, and I think we all like the other people's picks. They're just not nearly one of our picks. I'm well, really not like an Eminem, Eminem fan. No, yeah, I like Eminem. I but respect I feel like what he does as a rapper. I have not personally. I don't. I can't. Yeah, he wouldn't be in my top five. Or he would 10, not be in my 10, 20, he, or I like Eminem, 50, 25, 50. Uh, like, there's a reason I think he's seen success. And, Same. Um, and so I think when people whiteness. talk about battling or talk about <laughs> lyrics, like, I always have, like, a go-to where I'm like, I know people that, that I, would, you know, go. go. I, I'm not going to keep going on this, but no <laughs> one's going to be Eminem. In oh, my get battle. out. He challenged Jay-Z, and Jay-Z said, you're the best. They say that because they're being nice. Sure, or because he doesn't want to take the chance I of getting mean, embarrassed. Because sometimes like, Eminem, Eminem probably lost a battle or two. But I remember on those like hip hop uh, documentaries. I mean, Renega- that song Renegades. It was like, oh yeah, you can't say that he's not the best after after he was featured on that song. Or after yeah. anyways, yeah, hip hop yeah, discussion Over. cut. <laughs> um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audiences that you feel is very important? Um, I guess I just. If I could talk briefly about some of the stuff I do, Art and Seek. Yeah. Um, So Art and Seek is Kate Yara's, like, 
separate news team that just follows the art, the three-person team puts the calendar coordinators. The calendar has over 3,000 organizations that put their stuff on there. We're literally like the largest event for calendar in all of Texas, specifically North Texas. So like that's a free service that we offer to everyone. We want you to put your events on there, and maybe they'll get on the air, and I can publicize them. Um, but like the artist spotlight is also a really big deal. For the past year and a half, we over I think over 80 artists. We've spent wow. w- w- at least one week every day. It's w- a segment, uh, a feature a week every week for almost 80 weeks. Um, so that's like artists from all across North Texas and. Um, it's just really cool to go out and meet all these people and to try to tell these stories like you guys, even though I can tell just like barely any, you know, <laughs> um, but it's just like nice to be like, go look at these fools, you know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, and that's been really cool. And some of the videos that we've made for them are like out of this world. It's an award winning um, thing that we're doing. It's a giant endeavor and it's really, really fun. I hope you'll check it out. And also the Dallas Cultural Plan is being created and um, I'm kind of making that like my little baby project and hopefully trying to talk to a haven't really gotten nearly to the number I want. I'm only like in the teens, but I want to try to talk to a hundred different Dallasites from all fourteen districts wow. about how they art and the things they think about art. And we want to try to put those voices out to sort of mirror the questionnaire that is also being put out by the city so that we can know that we're getting what we want and it's not like where am I? So hopefully throughout the next 12 months that's something I can do and um, I hope you guys will talk to me. Aww. <laughs> of course. Yeah. We talk too much. You know we <laughs> can do that. Yeah. Um, what message would you send to young hotties? Oh man. To like young brown folks yes. not sure what they're going to do with their life? I mean, if that's what a young hottie is, why not? Yeah. Uh, I guess I would just say, like, be passionate about whatever it is you do. Like, it's going to cause a lot of heartache, but it'll also, like, make sure that you do stuff. Like, if you're stacking cans on a grocery store shelf, make sure you stack your cans better than everyone else around (laughs) you. Because, like, take pride in what you do, and it'll make you go far, and you'll Mm. have, like, a drive you never knew existed, and that'll, like, fuel your fire. Yes. What is it? Um. I use the arrogance to power the steams that powers my dreams. Hey. I think that's what Kanye says. So yeah. You need to quit quoting Kanye because <laughs> that makes me love you, and that's not good. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Um, please tell our listeners about exciting news you have coming up and where to find you. Uh, you can find me on all of the social medias at at Hottie Sauce, H-A-D-Y <laughs> Sauce. That's a good um, name. Good name. You. Did you it's have like a popular Tumblr back in the day? <laughs> no? I did, okay. yes. But also, also Hottie Sauce was my aim. Get out! Yes, bitch, I was the queen of AIM, okay? <laughs> so yeah, so I was Lil Mav's Trick 94. Oh, oh damn. damn, I don't want to share Lil Share it, share it. Rasa 36, next nine. Next nine, that means there are yeah. like eight other Mexes who are like, I'm also Rasa 84. Rasa? Wow. 36, Mex 9. Where did these numbers come from? Okay, so... 36. It's so like the my brothers, Childish Gambino story. No, Gambino's my brothers story. and I were huge Wu-Tang fans. Oh, my God. That's what I just said, right? I was, yeah. like, this is that what you said? I was like, this is the Donald Glover story. And that's like basically his story. Oh yeah, so Childish like Gambino. I was like, oh man, I don't know many Mexicans who love Wu-Tang. And so I was like, I'm going to rip for La Raza, 36 <laughs> Chambers. I'm Mexican. Stop. Nine members in the original Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> Boom. I need to go to bed. That was a good video game, too. This oh, yeah, episode yeah, yeah, is yeah, a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did. Yes. <laughs> it's the a 
No, I said I don't play no games. Mm. I was trying to make a joke about play life. Play no games. Life. But yeah, it's, I think it was called the Thirty Six Chambers, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good game. But hold up, um, so you can find me at, at Hot <laughs> Sorry. No, no, I just want to make sure people check out the Twitters and, and not Rasa Thirty Six. Whatever. You can check that out too. I'm sure that's someone's <laughs> handle right now. Jesus. But um, yeah, head up to our Twitter. I'm passing out cultural news that's not only about North Texas but everywhere all the time. Sometimes I'm not doing my job because I'm doing that. I mean, um, we appreciate <laughs> it. And then um, please visit artandseek.org and um, if you live in North Texas, which is a giant swath of land, you may not even think you live in North Texas and you do. You probably do. That's you, Tyler. Um, yeah. um, 90.1 FM. Yes, 90.1 FM. So we would like to, again, give a huge thanks to our friend Hadi Mawagdi. I don't think y'all understand, or maybe you do. I had a friend that said, you're talking to Hadi? And I was like, yeah, I'm talking to Hadi. He's kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. I don't know if you realize how much of a big deal you are. I'm not a big deal, and it's been my honor to be on the show, and I hope that you guys will have me back to come talk even more trash and just throw out, like, <laughs> throw out random sound effects or whatever. Often, we that, we can't wait to see you become the next <laughs> Terry Gross. You're going to do it. We believe in you. We support you, and we think you're amazing. So thank you for all your hard work in the North Texas community and beyond. Hey, man. It's great to be here. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Yay. thank you. That was fun. So I'm going to do a quick, very, very quick. Cuidado. Because I know this is the year, the time of, not the year of giving, the time of the year where we're very giving and donating and helping other people in need. And I learned this and I was shooketh. I learned it a couple years ago and then I did a little bit of research and there's not um, a lot of information out there, but, um, I learned that the Salvation Army is, like, mad anti-LGBTQ, and I was very bothered by that, mm -hmm. so I recommend people, if you feel like donating and giving, know where you're putting your money, because these organizations often can still be seemingly great, and they're cute with their little ringing bells, they really are, but, like, Think about where you're putting your money, because if you want to give your money to, like, an anti-LGBTQ organization, I would reconsider it. So, awas, awas, watch where you're putting your money. Make sure you're donating and giving to organizations that are really, truly supporting people, all the people, all the marginalized people that really need the money and not just, like, helping themselves out, okay? So, that is a quick awas, awas for this week. Uh, then we are jumping to... Ding ding. <laughs> Healthcare quarters. That was a short one. I'm like kind of full. I can't sing too much. Um, <clears throat> I hate that like every self care corner is literally me. Like, guess what I did this week to not fuck myself up too much. Um, basically, <laughs> um, I actually I find this really interesting because I know a lot of adults that like don't go to the doctor. And I think I'm just too anxious to not go, so I do go. But I know a lot of people that don't. And uh, I know a lot of, like, males don't like to go. And I don't know if that's because, like, they think they're tough and masculine and, like, can do whatever. But, like, nah, fam, y'all got, a, like, a lower death rate. Like, you die younger, so let's take care of ourselves. Um, really, what I mean is to make that doctor appointment that maybe you're really dreading to do or make because you might have to start taking care of yourselves 
So it fucking sucks and is uncomfortable and can feel weird. But you should still do it because your health is very important and your life matters. And so I want to remind people that if they're considering making an appointment or avoiding it, let's consider actually if we are privileged enough to have some form of health care or insurance to make that fucking appointment because it's important to take care of ourselves. Even if they're going to tell us, yo, you're fat or yo, you really need to stop doing this habit or whatever it might be, it's really important to do that thing because you you mean something to someone and you should take care of yourself. Aww. And so mine's really lame, but like I've had mad allergies for the last like I don't know how many years and I finally went to a fucking allergist. So like I posted about it briefly on my Snapchat, but my sisters were all like Oh my god, like they were so happy for me because I've been suffering for so long. And that's a whole nother discussion of like benefits and all that shit and yeah. freelance and life and jobs and work and privilege and whatever. But like I honestly felt better just knowing that like they looked up my nasal and told me that like I have a crooked septum and like all this shit about myself that I didn't know, but that like makes so much sense now that I know these things about myself. Yeah. Um because now I can say, like, oh, this is why I feel so much pressure on this side of my face and not this one or whatever it might be. Yeah. It sucks. You spend money on the healthcare system. I'm not a fan. I can, like, fucking rant about how shitty a lot of it is because I've spent a lot of money and never gotten help. But I think, in general, we should all check it, check up on ourselves. Get one checkup at least real quick and then keep doing your thing, whatever it may be. So that is my self-care corner of the week <laughs> don't know if anybody will do it i hope you take care of yourselves though because this year has fucking done some damage to all of us true Whew. so and moving on to our brown business of the week we had the privilege of meeting the lovely people from this company when we were at latino hustles event in fort worth funky town shout out um i love this type of thing but to see it you know, right next door in the DFW in the Fort Worth funky town. I was even more excited because I was like, this is amazing. So I purchased it immediately and I told them about the podcast and they started listening and showing us love. And so it means so much to us. But this company is called Lepitos, Lepitos Frescos Lip Balms. They're Latinx lip balms, Latinx community. They Stay fresco on the go. That's cute. I'm into it. I like that. So they pretty much have these cute little lip balms, little lip balms. Um, sorry, that was like a reference to a bad YouTube video back in the day. Um, one of them that I really like is like an exfoliating lip balm, and it's made with ground coffee. That shit made my lips so soft. It felt amazing. You have to keep it in the fridge so it stays that consistency. But they're honestly really cute and good, and they have, like, little cats and shit on them or little fina. One of them tastes like pineapples. But I really, really enjoy these little things. It's like fina love and I got to go, like a gato, and it's a cat. <laughs> it's so That's cute. Funny. They're so cute. So I really appreciate uh, Lipitos Frescos Lip Balms. Um, purchased them. It was, like, three of them for seven bucks, which is not bad for a fucking homemade lip balm by Latinx. Uh, women Latinx uh, company so definitely 
definitely support them. You can find them at lepitosfrescos.com. They are Lepitos Frescos on Instagram. And they definitely should be supported because they have t-shirts and lots of cool things going. And why not? Gotta get that lip balm in the winter. I know you don't like them, chaps, because I don't. Lip balm be cool. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That sounds weird. <laughs> lip gloss, lip balm, I don't know. No. So, finally wrapping up the show, our final The Colores Collective event for the year. <laughs> Buenas con de Coco. It will take place Wednesday, December 13th, as we said earlier, at 7 p.m. at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center in beautiful Dallas, Texas. Uh, we will be playing Loteria. It's going down. We got the cards ready, the beans ready. Bring what you got. Um, basically, I think how we're doing it is like the first card is free. If you're buying any more, <coughs> then you got to pay for that. Mostly it's free. If you would like to purchase hot cocoa or pan dulce, we will have that there. And we also have some amazing prizes that will be from some people. You might have heard a thing or two about if you listen to this podcast. Cough, cough, support brown businesses. Um, but definitely come out. Find the event on Facebook and come celebrate with us like family. As always, feel free to share stuff with us. We love spreading the word for our community because the Coco is about you too. So definitely look forward to more events coming in the next year. We have a lot of exciting stuff planned. As we said earlier, I won't spoil it yet. We have a couple more episodes before this uh, year is over. And we're going to start the year strong. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm very excited to get this year over with. It feels like I need to just keep it moving, keep it moving. Hope to see you at Buenas con de Coco. Bless you, Pat. Bless you, Pat. Sometimes we sneeze and then we bless each other. So finally, Um, I guess I'm still uh, stuck in L.A. One of the bands that I've been listening to a lot lately kind of recently came up in my like recommendations, and I can't seem to stop listening to them. Sin color, which is kind of funny because we're in the colors, and they oh, are South Colors. So um, they're a South LA band. They kind of are they trolling us? I don't know. Maybe they like know about us or something. Yeah, I'm just kidding. But anyways, um, they're kind of like a cumbia slash like disco slash pop slash like bossa nova. So like one of the first tracks I heard, I was like dancing and feeling it. And I just they have this new album out that I've been listening to called Cruzas. So um, definitely check them out. I really like the tunes. Secondly, I want to talk about the book I'm reading. Um, one day we'll all be dead, and none of this will matter. Mm. Uh, it's a sh- series. Of I short already feel that way. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's probably a really good book to close the year with. It's a collection of essays by Scotchy Cole, who is a daughter of immigrant Indian immigrants, and she talks about growing up in Canada. And it was just kind of reading stories about feminism and being like a brown woman and like identifying in like Western culture. A lot of the stories she had, I was like, whoa, I feel this. Like this has happened to me before. Or like even she talks about going to India and like feeling like that's where she finally felt like she'd be like welcomed and comforted because in Canada she often stood out for being an Indian woman and like there you she's still, still like an outcast because you're not from India yeah so she like talks about that and I was just like oh my god this is so relatable going to Mexico and like all our family's like oh it 
tristeza because you're like todo loco. It's like, whoa, I feel they this. They call you a fresa? I've had one of our cousins when we were little call me a fresa. And I was like, what? I didn't even know what it was. I had to Google it. Google it, fresa. So, yeah, definitely check it out. It's really <laughs> funny. That's the official fresa um, mantra. O sea, ubicate. Stop. <laughs> But yeah, she's you're she's, a great fresa. She's like a BuzzFeed no. writer oh. and stuff, so definitely check her out. Um, yeah, and Sin Color, check out the album Fritas. Rafita, what you got for us? Um, I changed mine last minute. ¿Qué dice? Um, it's three black Irish kids that go by hair squid. It sounds like you made it up. It does. When I first heard <laughs> this song, I was like. Who is this? I need to. I need to hear more. They had um, an EP that they released last year, but they released a song called "Flowers" not too long ago, and that's the song that had me hooked. Um, I really wish that my "Who You Got" from last time would be my "Forever Who You Got." Um, oh shit, we getting some feelings but, out of that. Uh, because I will not do Harina de Marco as my "Who You Got" every single time, even though I wish I could. She sent us heart emojis, you guys. Uh, wait, internet. wait a minute. She retweeted oh De Colores and then she replied to me on Instagram with some flowers and some hearts. So I guess you could say things are getting pretty serious. I don't know. Wow. I don't know what that means to you, cow. but you know, we're kind of a thing now, so I'm so <laughs> over you. <laughs> okay, no, but this this okay, so Hair squared, three black Irish kids. I'm trying to play no games. They like they got together through like skateboarding and all this other stuff and just started making music together. And so somebody had asked one of the interviewers had asked them, you know the genre that they are and they were like well you know it doesn't really matter you just make the music that you want to make and if it sounds good and people like it then you know we're happy for it and so they've been making some really dope stuff um but the the song specifically that got me put onto them was flowers and then uh they have a few other other tracks that are pretty dope so check them out peep game peep game <laughs> i don't think we've used that phrasing here before oh sorry am i showing my my age Wow, are you showing your age? What's oh, your age? Wow. What's my age again? What's my age again? <laughs> God, I'm making it worse. Yeah, you are. Um, my Who You Got for this week is a television show. Wow, that was my second television show. I'm actually listening to a lot of things, but it's fine. Whatever. Um, I'm currently watching. I don't binge things very much. Binge. 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 <laughs> I really don't binge as much as I would like to. I don't um, allow myself to have the time to do that. But I have occasionally been watching episodes of Spike Lee's TV show debut, I guess. Maybe. No, maybe not. I could be wrong. I just said something that might not be true. He made a TV version of She's Got a Habit. Mm -hmm. That was originally a film he made. I enjoyed the film. I thought it had a lot of interesting... Um, interesting notions i suppose and he made that back in the day i always feel weird when men make a film or something that has like a woman lead and it's about women's women's thoughts and they like write it and do it because i'm like yo what can you really say without like objectifying and making it weird 
but I believe this was written by a woman from what I can see or what I've seen on the credits. Um, I'm enjoying it. A lot of it does feel forced sometimes, and sometimes it does feel like he's jumbling all these ideas of all these things that they're talking about maybe as, you know, maybe in the black community or maybe in people with in people of color in the United States and especially in areas like Brooklyn, New York that are heavily gentrified. Um, but I think it has a lot of interesting concepts and I always love how Spike Lee puts his twist on things. Yeah. Uh, I'm obviously a Spike Lee fan or was of his earlier films. Um, but I think it's a really interesting show and it brings up a lot of interesting concepts um, in, a, in, a, in a fascinating way. So I'm watching She's Gotta Have It right now. I haven't finished it, but I have enjoyed it. And um, there's definitely a lot of criticism. There's mad problematic shit. There's mad cringy shit. Um, But for the most part, I'm enjoying it, or at least entertained, which is the purpose of television, right? Yeah. Uh, So She's Gotta Have It is who I have got for this week with The Colores. As we are wrapping up, I actually want to give a huge thanks to Hadi not just for being on the show, but also because he made us his his artist spotlight, which is it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's really cool of him. And you know, he he like went out of his way on several occasions to really you know get to us, reach and out and get to the core of who we were or yeah. where we came from and what we planned to do. <coughs> and like he wanted to make sure he got the accents right and rolled yeah. his R's. And I thought that was really sweet. Um, So he's doing a lot of really good, important work here in the DFW. Um, He's doing a lot more than I've ever seen done out of KEERA. Not to to throw jabs at them, but it's nice to see a brown man really trying to put, like, do stuff for his community in that industry. Um, So muchas gracias for listening to our sweet 16th episode of De Colores Radio, signing off from... The Deep Ellum Studios. We hope you learned a little something with us. Please be sure and check out our friend Hadi Mawagdi and his work with Art and Seek and KERA. And follow him at Hadi Sauce, H-A-D-Y Sauce. Don't forget to share the podcast and follow us on social media. We are so excited about all our new followers and all our new listeners. And shout out to everybody that's been giving us love, showing us love. Yeah. It literally Those is reviews. changing our lives every day. Those <laughs> reviews legit give me like... Same. Like sometimes I'm awake at night and I'm sad and I read a review and I'm like, I'm not trash. Wow. Um, yeah. So it, they really, they are everything to us. And we really hope and, and pray we can continue to make you all proud and... And we hope that you know that this platform is for you, too, and not at all for just us in any way. Um, Subscribe and leave us a darn review. That's Pat's (laughs) favorite. Uh, We need the reviews. Uh, I need to start paying bills. Get us a sponsorship. Do some things. Please, please share it with a friend, your coworker, whoever. Let us know what your favorite part was. Tweet us or just hit us up. We love hearing from you. all I know you've heard me say it a million times, but it's because I mean it. Uh, We could not go on without your support. Tell everyone you love to follow us at The Colores Co. If you enjoy our personal thoughts, you can follow me at Eva Arreguin, Rafa at Exile on all social media, and Pat at Pat.Arreguin on Instagram. We promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content and, more importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. 
contact us on social media or email us at thecolorescollective at gmail.com. Thank you so much again for listening. And join us again Yo. for more Decolores Radio. De- 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 De-